break 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 You're listening to Breakthrough News, and this is The Punch-Out. We're following the news all day so you don't have to, giving you everything you need to know about what's in the headlines and what should be. And yes, we are back here on The Punch-Out, 15th of September, 2021. Very happy to be back with you here on the show and plenty for you here on the show, as we always do. We're going to be talking about the mass murder of climate defenders. 2020 had the most murders of climate defenders of any year on record. We're going to be talking about French neocolonialism in Mali. But before we get to either of those two very important stories, we want to start with the ongoing crisis in Haiti. The island of Haiti continues to face a range of crises following a year of instability that's included the assassination of the de facto president, a devastating earthquake, and giant mass protests that have shut down the capital and other large cities. The top, current Prime Minister Ariel Henry, is assiduously trying to consolidate his power after coming into office in suspect circumstances. Henri was scheduled to be appointed Prime Minister by assassinated President Jovenel Moise the day Moise was killed as part of a U.S.-backed move to quote-unquote broaden Moise's government to try to add heft to fall elections that had zero support among the population at large. Initially, the acting president at the time of the assassination did not recognize Henri, but quickly backed down after Henri secured the support of key actors in Moise's party and also the backing of the U.S. government. Henri has strong ties to the U.S. and was a key player in the U.S.-backed coup of the pro-poor president Jean-Bertrand Aristide by a cabal of oligarchs in 2004. Henri has taken a big step very recently, signing an agreement with a large opposition group, the Democratic and Popular Sector, who had participated in mass protests and represents the more mainstream sector of opposition to the government of Moyes, which had overstayed its constitutional mandate and trashed just about every institution set up by the 1987 Constitution. As the news agency People's Dispatch notes, quote, The agreement established a consensus government without the figure of a provisional president. Henri will lead this government as prime minister, with a new council of ministers who will be appointed during this week. The agreement also established the creation of a constituent assembly made of 33 members appointed by state institutions and civil society organizations to draft a new constitution. Opposition forces highlighted that the negotiations allowed the integration of the diaspora and the formation of a new provisional electoral council, the release of political prisoners, a commitment for the reestablishment of security and dismantling of criminal gangs in the country, and the strengthening of the judicial system to fight corruption, smuggling, impunity, and accelerate the investigations of massacres and extrajudicial executions, end quote. And I should add on all of that, so they say. And as some of that might imply, the agreement also postpones the issue of elections that were supposed to happen in this September. This is a fairly big win for Henri, though, and shows that he is consolidating significant sectors of Haiti's ruling elite behind his rule. And this was the key issue that the U.S. and other Western nations had with Moyes. He was ruling so non-democratically, without any real base, he had destabilized the country. 
Mass protests eroded all popular support for the government, and as the state collapsed, the security situation massively deteriorated. This endangered the neo-colonial model these foreign nations have imposed in Haiti for years, based on cheap sweatshop labor, mining and export agriculture as well. While Moyes was trying to supercharge that agenda that had led to extreme poverty in the country, he was encountering roadblock after roadblock due to his style of rule. Now, it's also worth noting at this juncture that more radical sectors of the opposition have not backed Henri and note his rule is totally illegitimate and outside of any legal norm. The Commission to Search for a Solution to the Crisis, a platform that brings together more than 500 social organizations and political movements, including several radical left-wing groups, will meet with Henri this week at his request, but has its own proposals that Henri is likely to reject, in particular because some of them are framed in the language of radical economic change. There are also rumblings that, given the proliferation of weapons in the country, an armed struggle against the government could emerge. Henri has also faced some serious legal blowback. On Tuesday, he fired the prosecutor investigating the assassination of Jovenel after he sought to question Henri for allegedly engaging in two phone calls with the alleged mastermind of the murder on the night of the assassination. It also isn't even clear if Henri has the power to dismiss the prosecutor, and at the very least, it certainly raises questions that he would fire him just days after being implicated in the assassination by this prosecutor. Ultimately, Haiti still remains at a knife's edge, with no truly clear national leadership and tremendous economic and social challenges. The current moment is clearly a major conjuncture for the country, with serious implications for the type of place it will be moving forward. Will a new government heed demands from the popular masses to break from the decades of devastating submission to the U.S. and others? Or will the elite reconsolidate their control? France has issued a warning to Mali's government to sign a or to not sign a contract, I should say, with the Russian private military company, the Wagner Group saying that this could cross a red line for France and intimating that Mali could lose all support from Western nations and international aid agencies if they move forward. Mali's government, which is led by the military, took over in late 2020 after a coup deposed the previous president who had promoted the deployment of thousands of French troops to the country, allegedly to fight terrorism. However, French troops only exacerbated the war and along with Malian forces committed a range of war crimes that only helped insurgents and actually ended up pushing the conflict deeper into the country from the north of the country, which is mainly where it was, into the more central parts of Mali. Anger with France had increased markedly along with this, and in 2020, protesters took to the streets against a French presence, and pretty much all commentators who went to the country to report noted that anger and dissatisfaction with France was palpable. Many on the streets felt, correctly in our view, that France's real goal in deploying troops to Mali and West Africa more broadly was to maintain its economic control over West Africa, which has not wavered since formal independence and which has been a key part of France's foreign policy for decades. The state electricity company in France gets a lot of its uranium from Mali, for example, and nuclear power is the main power source in France. And also French multinational oil company Total has a significant presence in the country. Ultimately, the issues over the Wagner Group prove the protesters are right. The fact France is saying a government it had previously treated as sovereign can't make its own security arrangements. That in fact, France must have a veto over the country's international relations or risk being cut off from development aid. That's about as neocolonial as it gets. And I mean, can you really blame Mali for wanting to try something new security-wise after events like French airstrikes killing 19 civilians at a wedding earlier this year? Now, the Malian government has not confirmed or denied the possible deal, and the Russian government says they are not aware of it, but increasingly Russia has been gaining support from African governments, 
as a security and economic partner that seems, well, interested in money for sure, but interested in the money more than the total colonial-style control that Western nations demand. Along with the growing presence of China and Turkey on the African continent, countries like France are facing major challenges as African nations have more options and can be less subservient to the West if they so choose, which undoubtedly is exactly why the French are blackmailing Mali over a handful of Russian military contractors. They don't want to set the precedent that Africans can make their own decisions without consulting the Elysee Palace first. Twenty twenty is now on record as the deadliest year for environmental defenders. Two hundred and twenty seven people were murdered in targeted killings of people fighting for climate justice, according to the NGO Global Witness. They note, quote, on average, our data shows that four defenders have been killed every week since the signing of the Paris Climate Agreement. End quote. As the environmental news source Inside Climate notes, quote, most of those killed were small scale farmers or indigenous people, and most were defending forests from extractive industries, including logging, agribusiness and mining. Logging was the industry linked to the most killings, 23 in Brazil, Nicaragua, Peru and the Philippines. In 2019 was also a record breaking year with 212 environmental defenders being killed, as Global Witness also noted. And Inside Climate also notes that, quote, the report heavily stressed the role that corporations play in creating dangerous conditions for people who protect the land. The authors urge governments to require that companies and financial institutions do mandatory due diligence, holding them accountable for violence. Governments also need to ensure that perpetrators, including corporations, are prosecuted, end quote. So the implication there is that they aren't doing that now, which clearly reflects a basic truism here. The climate can't be changed without changing capitalism. The resistance of big corporations and the governments backed by them is the key blocking issue to making significant progress right now. That's obvious at the legislative level, and as this report makes clear, it's obvious at the front lines of the struggle as well. No method is too dirty for climate destroyers bent on putting profits over the planet. That's the punch out for today. We're with you Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. here in New York, East Coast Standard Time, 2 p.m. in Los Angeles, Pacific Standard Time, and 9 p.m. GMT. And of course, you can support everything we do here at Breakthrough News at patreon.com slash breakthrough news. It's your patronage that keeps all of our offerings here at Breakthrough News moving forward. And of course, you can check us out across all your social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at BT Newsroom. 